Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Kamak. Hello, theorists. So today we're going to be talking all about the secret layer Stranger Things that uh, got spoiled last week. If you're listening to it, uh, it should be available right now. It's actually going to be available uh, between October 18th and November 15th. So anytime during that window, uh, you can order it for yourself. But before we get into the cards, I want to give some important details um, just about the product so that you can make an informed decision. Um, so first off, these cards are going to be reprinted as magic versions. Um, they are going to be coming in new Capenna, and one in eight set boosters is going to have a magicified version of a Stranger Things card. So that means it's going to have magic flavor rather than these Stranger Things IP. And it's it's notable that these are going to be treated similarly to like the Godzilla skins for Ikoria monsters. Like in a in a 60 card format, you can only have four total cards of any combination of the Stranger Things version and the Magic of Vibe version. And in Commander, you can only have one of either essentially. So there's no way you can run like two copies of any of these cards essentially by getting the Stranger Things and non-Stranger Things version. They the game treats them as the same card. Honestly, that's a lot of good news. New Capenna is is not that far away and given the, the delays in shipping secret layers, even if you get this this secret layer, it's probably only going to give you like maybe a maybe a month or two uh before your friends get a hold of the magic versions. So in terms of pricing, it's $40, $39.99 for non-foil. It's $49.99 for a traditional foil. Um, but again, you you do not need to get these cards in this manner. If any of these designs seem really interesting to you, uh, it's they're going to be, I'm sure, very cheap given the, the rate of distribution, and you will be able to pick them up early next year. So just want to get that out of the way first. I want to say one thing, though, because I'm not sure because they're being distributed through the list and the list is kind of shown to not be a, a like super good way of of getting cards to people. It like subsidizes. There, there's a whole debate to be had about this. I totally understand that. So if you want to talk more about this, we're not going to talk about it on the episode, but just like hit us up on the Internet <laughs> like after this episode. But I, I feel like the magic versions are just going to be more money than the Stranger Things ones. Like, I agree that you'll be able to get the cards if you want them, but I think the price tag on the magic IP ones is going to be bad. <laughs> That's my prediction on that. I, well, I'd say that, like, the layer is not great for getting, for, like, solving the issue of reprint equity. Or rather, for for dropping the value of cards with high reprint equity, but I think that four cards that oh, this card just hasn't been printed in twenty years. Uh, yeah, it gets copies out the door for sure. Yeah, uh, like things that are really kind of constrained by their supply rather than by huge demand. I think it is a decent solution, mm-hmm. and I I don't expect that. Uh, I I mean, I don't think I think most of these cards are like not awesome in the main deck so i don't know if there's going to be a huge demand other than like particularly like building this particular commander and that's um 
and we'll see how that goes. Maybe they're these designs are just wildly popular, and that's a little hard to pr- to predict. But. Yeah, that's that's hard to say. Um, and then the the only other thing I wanted to say about them is, do we know? Well, I guess we'll get to that when we get to the cards because there's some questions I have about the cards. So, um, sure. Uh, but before we start talking about the cards, uh, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to Patreon.com/slash Commander Theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as one dollar a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. With that, let's jump into the cards. Uh, do you want to read off this first one? Yeah. So this is Mind Flayer the Shadow. This is, get ready, there's a lot going on here. This is a 9-9 legendary enchantment creature horror for 7 mana. 4 black, black, black. They have Mind Flare. The shadow isn't a creature unless you control three or more permanents you don't own. At the beginning of your end step, exile the bottom card of each opponent's library face down. For as long as those cards remain exiled, uh, you may look at them, you may cast permanent spells from among them, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So I, I want to, I'll let you get into it first because I, I don't actually have too much to say above what you are going to say sure um i don't love this design because i don't think it's it's particularly easy to build around and the reward for doing so is not amazing um like there are a handful of cards you can use to get permanents you don't own in mono black there's praetor's grasp there's gaunty there's opposition agent there's cunning rhetoric there's a handful of ones that like aren't a uh a huge pain to play but the reward for for doing so for jumping through this hoop is that you get a nine nine vanilla for seven mana so that you know that that's not nearly as appealing as say getting your god online and oh it's indestructible that's you know it's a really good blocker it'll survive wraths it's immune to a lot of spot removal um that's not really the case here and it's already like really expensive for kind of a like like if you don't have the the animation like online when you drop it it's just a seven mana kind of do nothing enchantment like you're (laughs) like it doesn't really impact the board in any way and you can only get value of it kind of the likely the turn after you cast it so turn eight you're gonna you know maybe get a couple cards worth of value but that's just I don't know. I think that's like a little embarrassing for a seven mana commander. <laughs> um, I so the first thing I want to say is just that from a flavor perspective, I think this is pretty cool. Drawing a face down card from the bottom of an opponent's library is pretty much as like upside down as you can make card drawing. Mm-hmm. So I think that is pretty cool. Um, like as a deck, like I think everything you said is correct and i think this is just gonna be like mono black mana the deck like Mm -hmm. if you just have a magus of the coffers you have your tutors for the like your cabal coffers and your urborg you have your uh crypt ghast and your caged sun and your gauntlet and all of those things that just make way too much mana like that's all that this deck really is in my opinion (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like you don't like you're going to need the mana because like you said your commander doesn't have indestructible and 
you're going to be able to cast those permanents from your opponents with whatever mana you generate. So th- this just seems like kind of boring mono black. You just make a crap ton of mana, which mono black is can do. You got your Nirkana Revenants and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's super strong, <laughs> but I think it's very flavorful. Yeah, to me, it uh, I, I feel like the play style of the deck is going to be really, really similar to Geth, Lord of the Vault. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You're you're spending kind of all your mana just like stealing your opponent's stuff. Um, I I think that would probably be a pretty good indicator of like what you're going to get out of this card. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so moving on to the next commander. Uh, this is one of a whole bunch of partners essentially coming in the new set the uh well so let me read off the card and then i'll explain it this is dustin gadget genius it is two white blue for a two three two three legendary creature human it has tap add cc spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts and it has friends forever which means you can have two commanders if both have friends forever so this is um sort of operating parallel to partner um friends forever is limited to this stranger things drop so you can only partner stranger things commanders with each other or or the um or the magic versions but uh essentially it's the same kind of mechanic so we're not going to go through all 21 combinations of the the seven (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh of of the seven friends forever commanders um but we'll, we'll I think we'll talk about some of the better the better um combinations maybe for each one. Yeah, this this actually is my first point which I don't think we know the answer to is do we know what the like are the magic versions of these cards going to say friends forever? Yes, the magic versions will also say friends forever. So they're not going to be adding to the partner mess the partner chaos so that will keep things relatively simple when they come into magic okay so we're gonna have some demon on new capenna that has friends forever with some other little kid demon or something like that uh i arguably i i think they might even retain the same creature types um mm-hmm. they probably have to right yeah yeah other yeah to keep them functionally the same um yeah so I guess let's talk about Dustin sort of like just on his own and then like sort of what the combinate what combinations might work well. Um on his own, it seems like a worse Dalakos. Um Dalakos is the one red blue commander from Theros Beyond Death that also taps for CC that you can only use for artifact spells or artifact abilities. Um and he also grants the um he also let makes it so that equipped creatures you control have flying and haste. So slightly different color identity, but I would just much rather be ramping from three to six than from four to seven. Um, but do you have any? Ex- I forget. Do you have? Did you ever have a Delicos deck? Uh, I had them on Cockatrice. I never made it in person, even though I was really excited to. Um, just because there's so much, so much stuff happening, mm-hmm. and the deck actually was fun we do have a friend with a dalicos deck um that's pretty good and it works pretty much exactly like you'd think it would um his deck relies a little bit more on 
equipment than mine did. Um, mine was like some very good equipment, some living weapons, plus big artifacts because going from three to five or three to six is pretty pretty nice mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to big artifacts. Um, so I think really the thing about this is about Dustin is uh, the fact that it has partner. Uh, and as we're going to see, there's, there is some overlap, uh, I guess with like artifacts or artifact tokens and things that these cards have. So like at yeah. the bare minimum, Dustin isn't going to not do anything when paired with one of the other cards we'll talk about. Yeah. A lot of the other, uh, of the other commanders in this product investigate. So there's going to be a lot of clues running around um, that you're going to be able to use Dustin to activate. So, um, so I, I mean, let's, the, I think the only like real dud is Mike, the dungeon master. Mike does is one of the few, and, and I guess Lucas, the sharpshooter, neither of those, um, neither of those, investigate so it doesn't really give you an easy mana outlet and 11 doesn't investigate either um but chief jim hopper will the wise and especially max the daredevil um seem like decent combinations i actually really like the the dustin and max combo um because it sort of works both ways max can well i guess we'll get into her yeah, in a we'll, second we'll get to it yeah <laughs> um but that that has a lot of synergy um, and then there, there's a tiny bit of synergy with uh, Lucas, the sharpshooter, in that he also interacts with artifacts. But God, I, th- this is why it's annoying to like review partner commanders because you want to reference all of them at the same time. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> well, maybe we'll just read off the next one and then we'll we'll talk about the combinations sort of as they come up. Yeah, but I do think Dustin is cool. I think a partner that does this is actually kind of cool. This is what partner should have done from the get go. Yeah, it's it's like clearly focused on doing one specific thing rather than like giving you value that yeah. you can do anything with just a generic yeah two color creature yeah yeah um so can i read off max mm-hmm. so max the daredevil is a three two human with haste uh they are three mana one red green and they have whenever you cast your second spell each turn untap target creature then investigate so yeah oh and it also has friends forever and and French forever, yeah. Um, so I I think this is a pretty attractive commander because of its green color identity. You know, you've got access to a ton of mana dorks, uh, and especially mana dorks that tap for more than one color. So I think it's realistic if you've got enough instants in your deck um, that you could like multiple times per round of turns essentially like investigate and then also pay for it by untapping like a Jiraga, a Jiraga tree speaker or whatever. Um, so it's kind of just like, uh, I don't know, kind of like a, Oh, what's it called? Um, Jory N. It's a little like a Jory N. Although you have the benefit of having potentially a very broad color identity. Um, I think that blue in particular works well with max, um, like just having a lot of instant speed interaction that's easy to fit into your deck is nice. Um, there's also a couple like blue mana dorks that work well with artifacts, things like renowned weaponsmith. So I think that is pretty nice. And then of course, like max pairing with Dustin works pretty well because as we mentioned previously, like max can untap Dustin and she also provides a clue token that he can activate his ability on. 
Um, so there's some good synergy kind of both directions there. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking about with this commander. It's it's kind of just like play mana dorks and incidents on your opponent's turns for value, which is, I guess, a little bit broad, um, but it makes for makes for like a a, de- a deck that's like never terrible, even if you don't really have your commanders out. Yeah, no, I think one of the things about Jorian is like drawing a card's kind of boring, but Max giving you like an in, like investigate trigger means that there's actually like even though that's technically worse, it's like technically worse that you don't just draw a card <laughs> when you cast your second spell. Like you can do things with that. Like it's an artifact token. It's a thing that enters the battlefield that you can use in different ways. So I actually think that gives you more play. Yeah, that's another reason why uh getting blue in this color identity, like like pairing her with somebody blue is so important because you get things like Urza, Lord High Artificer, and all your clues tap for mana, or Shimmer Dragon, and you can tap your clues to draw cards instead of sacrificing them. So there's a, a fair number of cards like that that just work especially well, and a lot of them happen to be blue. Things to keep in mind uh, when you're when you're building Max is just um, I think the color identity of the commanders you're pairing her with is a little more important than their actual rules text mm, mm-hmm. yeah which that's that, that comes up with partners a lot yeah yeah that, that's <laughs> not an uncommon phenomenon yeah <laughs> um so do you want to get into mike sure mike is next right mm-hmm. uh so mike the dungeon master is one green white for a two two legendary creature human uh, it has two tap choose target creature card in your battlefield that was put there from the or sorry choose target creature card in your graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn return it to the battlefield tapped and he has friends forever. Uh, so what do you think of this commander? Um, like yeah, what what are your thoughts on Mike? Um, again, I'm I'm I think this is a really cool execution on like what partner could have and should have been <laughs> from the get go. <laughs> Like this is a two color commander that builds into a specific path. In particular, like Mike is kind of like a weird blink commander, which I know that no, nothing in the rules text says blink, but that's kind of what's just going on. That's kind of yeah, that's kind of just what's what's going on. <laughs> like you had to have something die on your turn, and then Mike puts them back onto the battlefield, um, which is cool. That actually gives you a lot of play. There's a lot of things to do. I like that there's not any more <laughs> restrictions on that like it could have been like return a like two mana value or less creature from your graveyard that was put there this turn and mike would have been significantly worse but they they kind of let him just shine and and i think that's that's good because like the restriction of having it die this turn and then also tapping means that it it's pretty hard to get up to too much shenanigans but there there's just enough shenanigans to like be a fun deck yeah, you can you can make it happen if you work really really hard. Like if you get a Thornbite Staff and an Ashnod's Altar, that's that'll create a loop where the creature dying untaps Mike because he's holding the staff, uh, and then the Ashnod's Altar provides the mana to activate him again. So that's an option if you have a creature that enters the battlefield and untaps things like a Village Bell Ringer, then the Thornbite Staff isn't necessary, and you can just like get infinite untaps and creatures entering and leaving the battlefield that way with that and then like a national altar. Um or, you know, if you've got enough mana dorks, then I guess 
you it doesn't even necessarily need to be an altar. It kind of just be any sack outlet. But there's I mean, there's a couple ways to piece it together. It's never going to be as good as Safi Eric's daughter. So if you're looking to make Safi, but you want a slightly broader color identity, then that's something to keep in mind. But it, yeah, it's just the combo potential isn't quite there compared to some existing options. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's Mike to me isn't appealing because you could combo with Mike because you could. Mike is appealing to me because you actually like kind of are forced <laughs> to play with your cards mm-hmm. like in a fair way. So that that's actually pretty cool. And there's just a lot of interplay between these commanders, which is really cool. So I, I think they did a really good job with these Friends Forever guys. And uh I guess that being said, we can get to the one that I'm I'm not uh as excited about. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> I agree. This one um is a little bit of a flop for me and you'll see why in just a second. Um so this is Will the Wise. It is white black for a one two legendary creature human. When Will the Wise enters or leaves the battlefield, each opponent may investigate. Each opponent who doesn't loses one life. You investigate X times where X is one plus the number of opponents who investigated this way, and he has friends forever. So what what are your thoughts on Will? Yeah, so Will, like classically, if you've listened to the show, like I think me and Nick both are pretty down on ETB commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will is that. Uh, it is enters or leaves. So you kind of like force people into this mediocre decision twice a turn sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like each opponent who doesn't investigate loses a life and then you just investigate a bunch like that's not ri- that's not like too crazy i guess you're gonna end up with a decent amount of tokens i don't know what people are gonna do when they play against this card i like i'm just gonna take one every time and unless you're like blinking will a crap ton and i mean like you have to blink will 40 times or sack and reanimate will 20 times <laughs> to like get me to a point where i'm scared <laughs> of this trigger like that's mm-hmm. that seems like a lot of work so i think will is the one that i'm least excited about even even like honestly even less than uh than the mind flare because at least like mind flare like i know what i'm doing <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. There's a couple things I don't like about this card, and you can sort of fix him by adding other colors to his identity, or maybe like pairing him with a commander that's specifically or, or especially synergistic with him. But I just don't love that on its own, it doesn't do much. Like a lot of these commanders we've talked about before, like we can tell you sort of what the deck looks like without, um, you know, without any additional partners. But with Will the Wise, it just seems like a really, really mediocre if you're not like using up your your other commander slot to just like subsidize him and get him up to a, a decent playable level. Um for one thing, like neither of these colors are awesome at ramp. Like, you know, black can do it when you're doing mono black, but it doesn't work well with in, in multicolor decks. Um and and so like investigate is just like significantly worse than drawing cards like you're not going to have 
you need a lot of spare mana and this color identity is just not going to have a lot of mana to crack its clues and it also doesn't have amazing artifact interactions like unlike say a, a deck with a blue color identity where you can as we mentioned earlier be like tapping your clues for mana or tapping them to draw cards or you know so on and so forth this just i don't really know what like a white black deck is going to do with all these tokens flooding the board or all these non-creature tokens flooding the board yeah i, I thought there's going to be more because in afr they had the treasure theme and there was like um it was an instant you could pay to and sack a creature artifact you get a treasure and you draw two um and i was like oh cool this is a cool thing that black might have access to is like sacking artifacts too but deadly dispute yes deadly dispute thank you but every other like card in the set that sacked artifacts specifically listed out treasure. Mm-hmm. So like there is another one, Skullport Merchant, which I really liked drafting with a lot, which was like a dwarf. It was like a one four for three mm-hmm. and it made a treasure when it entered and you could sack a creature or treasure to draw a card if you paid like two mana or something. And um, that was very good and limited, but like it specifically calls out treasure and a lot of the black cards have specifically called out treasure (laughs) Mm -hmm. um which is like flavorful it's like oh i'm a mercenary like pay me and i'll do the thing for you blah 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 but that means that like these tokens that will is making have like less synergy than they could or should have Mm -hmm. uh and that that's a little it's kind of a bummer for me that's a little sad (laughs) yeah so in, in terms of like Pairing him with other commanders, uh, who, which of the other friends forever do you think would work best? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is the one we just talked about, which is Mike. Uh, just being that Mike can pay to and put it back, like put Will back on the battlefield. So if you have a sack outlet, you're playing Abzan. Um, you might even have your own Safi Eric's daughter in the deck somewhere <laughs> to help out <laughs> with Will. And I guess the theme there would be kind of like an Abzan aristocracy type build but yeah what if we just give you a bunch of treasure then like you can't kill me (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know it's it it seems like the most unfocused at this point to me yeah but i think that's enough on will i think we can move on to the next commander so this next one is lucas the sharpshooter it is blue and red for a one three legendary creature human He has tap, sacrifice an artifact, Lucas the Sharpshooter deals one damage to target creature, goad that creature. And as a reminder, that means until your next turn, that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. Uh, And it has friends forever. What do you think about Lucas on his own and, and in combination with some of these other commanders? Yeah, the first thing is Lucas's artifact sack outlet. So I like that. I think red-blue sacking artifacts is awesome. Polymorphing, goblin weldering, all that kind of stuff is is in the colors. It, it Getting your artifacts into the graveyard is great. I uh, love it. But the other thing to note is we've already talked about how many of these cards investigate. So I think the idea is that Lucas can take these tokens that you might not be able to spend with Will or something like that and turn them into damage and goading. I think that this is a good trigger. I think being able to like make sure the best scariest commander or whatever can't attack you is good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if you're playing Lucas, you're playing Lucas 
for the colors, if that makes sense. Like, um, we're going to talk about Ch- uh, Chief Jim Hopper uh, next, actually. And mm-hmm. uh, he investigates. I think Lucas is like seasoned to taste, like how deep you want to go on the artifacts trigger or how deep you want to go on Lucas is there to make sure you don't get hit by the biggest thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a card in, in the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, like Commander decks, that just was a 3 4 flyer that goads things. And seeing that in action, it plays fine, but it's like you can't build around <laughs> that necessarily. Like, like you can play things that are like, oh, when my opponents get attacked, that's good for me. But Lucas having the extra step of like sacking an artifact means that um, it seems like if you're trying to do that, there's too many pieces. So it seems like Lucas is kind of the insurance policy uh, as part of your artifacty build to me. I don't know. That, that might be wrong. It's kind of hard to see all the combinations and all the partners all at the same time (laughs) no that that's kind of how i feel too like for for me he's not especially compelling like as a commander he doesn't seem like he would be the main event with whatever um pairing i end up with just because um to me goading is a lot less exciting than drawing a card so yeah you can pair him with a commander that provides a lot of uh, investigate tokens but I'm giving up a card kind of every time I do that. Like I love sack outlets, but the best sack outlets are the ones that kind of generate value for you. And for yeah. me, I I don't value goad that highly. Perhaps perhaps less highly than I should, but I don't know. It it he's not super compelling as a commander for me. I actually do like Lucas be- simply because like he has partner, and mm-hmm. again, like having a a very interesting set of things you do as a partner is way more compelling to me than just a Thrasios or Timna or something like that where you're like I provide generic value yeah and so which I guess actually he is kind of doing so maybe it's just the fact that it's kind of a weak trigger is why I like it (laughs) yeah I, I will say that you know if you pair him with Mike not only do you get a really broad color identity you get everything except black um, but he's also sort of a sack outlet for artifact creatures that Mike can then bring back to the battlefield. So that might be like a potential direction for your Lucas deck. I think that's like a little bit more appealing to me than just sacking clues to to ping things. But that might be a good combination if you really want to run Lucas. I mean, time will tell. I'm I'm actually intrigued. I want to hear what other people think too, because. Lucas seems like I said. Lucas seems to me like the partner that helps the other partner you're thinking about more so than like the partner that I was planning on building around. Mm-hmm. But that might change, especially because we we have to talk about these income. I guess you could just build a Lucas the Sharpshooter deck, but I feel like you probably are going to build Lucas and something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you're just leaving value on the table if you don't. Yeah, have a, don't. a partner to pair with. Yeah. Speaking of a partner that pairs well with Lucas, <laughs> do you want to read off Chief Jim Hopper? Sure. All right. Uh, Chief Jim Hopper is two red white for a four four legendary creature human soldier. He has menace, and whenever Chief Jim Hopper attacks, investigate once for each non-token attacking creature. Friends forever. This seems like a really good rate for generating clue tokens. Uh, I think it's pretty realistic that you could maybe you know two drop three drop chief jim hopper 
And then when he starts attacking, you're making three clues a turn. And that's enough tokens, like kind of at a good enough rate and like without too many hoops to jump through that I think you could get a lot of value off of them with things like Inspiring Statuary, which lets you tap your clues to cast your non-artifact spells. Uh, Court Clan Ironworks, which lets you sacrifice them for mana. Uh, Academy Manufacturer will make treasure as you're making your clues. Clock of Omens lets you tap your clues to untap artifacts, which could be like mana rocks. And then uh, Tamio's Journal and Koldotha Forge Master will each let you sacrifice three clues. And Tamio's Journal will let you tutor a card and put it into your hand. Uh, Koldotha Forge Master will let you tutor out an artifact and put it onto the battlefield. And then there's some other sack outlets that could get you a lot of value if you build around them, like Oswald Fiddlebender or Scrapyard Recombiner. But it, it just seems like there's, uh, this seems like a really low bar to clear to make a lot of clues. And there's a decent number of ways to get value off of them once you're um, producing a bunch of clues in a turn. But what are your thoughts on Chief Jim Hopper? I actually really like a few things about Jim. I think, like you said, it's pretty easy to get clues. That's the the first and like most important part. But I also like he's a four four for four. He's menace, and there's there's just so many ways to make it easy for a menace creature to get in there, so he can keep your clue generation going pretty consistently once he's down on the field. I feel like as long as you put removal <laughs> in your deck, uh, you're you're never going to be in a position where you're looking around and I I don't know maybe you're playing against three elf decks and they have a bunch of little token donks sitting around but it it feels like it'll be pretty easy to attack into someone with your 4-4 menace um and pretty safely get a bunch of investigate triggers so i really do like that and i really do like how jim nowadays synergizes so well with a lot of the tech that they've given red and white with artifacts in the last few years um i really like having just a spew of artifact tokens how easy it is to get them you mentioned like Academy and Manufacturer, which is like absolutely insane with Jim. Um, the Clock of Omens and all those things like really let you build into this artifacty build. And and when I was talking about Lucas, I was trying really hard not to just mention Chief Jim Hopper the whole time because <laughs> mm-hmm. like I think if I was going to build a Stranger Things like Friends Forever deck, it would be this combo just mm-hmm. because I like these things so much. And you get artifact synergies on top of like playing red blue and white which have like some of the cooler artifacty things to do and um lucas lets you get in there with chief jim hopper and all that kind of stuff so uh overall i think i think chief jim hopper's cool and i think pairing him with uh most of the other commanders we've talked about today is pretty good for you mike and jim don't necessarily play like the best together but they don't play the worst together you know like Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone else talks about artifacts in some ways or like can work with artifacts or the investigate tokens except for uh mike and then the uh last uh last person we're going to talk about here but it seems like jim will just make a lot of these decks tick yeah i i think that i I totally agree i think that chief jim hopper is or is one of the more powerful commanders in this set. You know, it seems like he works really well with a lot of the others. Um, I, I would just make sure that if you're running a, a gym deck, just make sure you've got a lot of ways to give him haste because uh, mm-hmm. sitting around to make your clues sounds uh, not super fun. Yeah, I think it, especially 
maybe not like the first or second time you sit down to play your chief Jim and friend deck, but the third through 10th time people are going to go, Oh man, I don't want that to (laughs) start (laughs) chugging along. I don't want that deck to start working and uh, you're going to have some problems. So so yeah, think think of the, think of a way to give them a little bit of speed, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of haste. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Moving on to the next commander. Um, this is 11 the mage. It is one blue, black, red for a 3 5 legendary creature, human wizard. Your maximum hand size is 11. Uh, whenever 11 the mage attacks, you draw a card and you lose one life. Then, if you have 11 or more cards in your hand, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand without paying its mana cost. And she has friends forever. So, uh, what do you think about this design? generally what do you think about 11 as a commander what do you think about potential pairings what are your thoughts well the first thing is i think this is really fair (laughs) (laughs) like a four mana three five with no like keyword abilities that attacks to draw you a card um is probably one of the most fair magic cards especially in four color or three colors (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like you're not not really breaking anything with that so that's cool then the the part that uh people have been going crazy about is the if you have 11 cards in hand part and then you get to cast the free spell that's a pretty big hoop to jump through yeah <laughs> yeah like like we just had a triska decafile which is uh you win the game if you have 13 cards in yeah. hand on your upkeep like that's like i understand you have more control over 11 like you you have a main phase before your combat with which to do things uh, and which other people have less time to do things to you before your trigger goes off, but it's still like a cost. It's still like something you have to actively work towards. And so because of that, like it's probably the best to like have these hand expanding cards in your deck just from the get go. So you can kind of build into that like beforehand, like you're, reliquary towers your thought vessels if you're feeling super fancy your uh your wizard classes or or mm-hmm. your uh your uh oh i can't think of the other one right now but you, you know what i mean spell book spell books <laughs> yeah if you want to get real fancy um so they there's a few of these things that do this there's other cards that do this too you got like anvil of Bo- anvil of bogarden which is expensive now but like uh, doesn't do what it says anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. but it does give you no max hand size um so just stuff like that like to be able to expand your hand before 11 gets there and yeah i mean i guess do you want to talk more about that trigger because the trigger is is a i think the reason you would build 11 in the first place yeah um so i i totally agree with you i don't understand like people's comparing this to narset enlightened master Mm, um yeah (laughs) it's it's so much more work to make it happen and also like you're really limited by what you have in that hand of cards um like narset can kind of if you get a high enough density of like extra turn effects and extra combat step effects like it doesn't matter what you have in your hand narset has like you get to a point where you're just likely to win the game yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you just have enough your hit rate is high enough 
Whereas 11, that's not the case. You're only seeing one new card at a time. So yeah, you might be able to take like one or two extra combats or extra turns, but it's not self-sufficient in the same way that Narset is. Also like, oh, sorry, I want to correct myself earlier. I said it was a really huge hoop. It's a really uh, small hoop in that it's difficult to get through. Oh. <laughs> so I, I I agree that you're going to want to run like a bunch of like low opportunity cost no max hand size effects like it's not it's a little painful to uh get a reliquary tower uh in into your mana base when you're running like minimum three colors um but you know it's still not something you're really devoting a card slot to like thought vessel definitely helps you know it is just a mana rock that will help you cast your spells better but also helps you build up for 11 lots of card draw i don't know it's it seems like you're running a lot of card draw you're dropping in like maybe an extra turn effect so you can attack with her again i don't i don't know (laughs) it's i mean it seems fine it seems fine but it's just like it's it's a lot of work to get her going and it's very easily disrupted and it i I don't know it'll it'll be good it's like a fixed version of narset if we're going to compare it to narset yeah, yeah, definitely I would say fix. I think the really big thing about this is that like it's an exciting hoop to jump through that doesn't break the game and I think mm-hmm. that was the point of these products. Like we saw this with um the Walking Dead Secret Layer 2 where uh none of the commanders except for arguably Rick who is is pretty bonkers were crazy powerful. Mm-hmm. Um who did anything that was like absolutely insane um they all built pretty interestingly they all like showed off things about the characters they're all pretty flavorful and i feel like that's true with this one for the most part except for and that this is my my gripe about 11 is 11 (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like why does 11 do this like 11 has has like telekinesis so what's what is this what is this trigger is this telekinesis like i cast my my extra combat turn for free like that i don't really see the the flavor here compared to a lot of the other uh friends forever cards we got yeah absolutely like we've um i mean they've like pretty firmly established that sort of tapping things is like that's kind of how telekinesis is often interpreted in like magic mechanics you know we've got telekinetic sliver whatever there's plenty of examples um so it's a little weird that like the mechanics of the card didn't do that and it's all just like references to her name which you know it was assigned to her randomly she was just (laughs) one of she was the 11th test subject uh so she's not like it's not like core to her character in any way. She's not like a Pokemon that only says 11 or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't fully get this design, but what, whatever. Um, there's, there's more to talk about with this card specifically. Yeah. The fact that this is the broadest color identity we've ever seen for a, a partner or partner like mechanic. Uh, and if you pair her with Mike, you can actually have a, this is the only way you can get a five color deck with two commanders um the cards don't particularly have a lot of synergy with each other with each other but 
uh, it is a, just a way, like if you're trying to do five color, good stuff, maybe, um, and you just want to have like a 98 card library or like you could run like a, a Gigantha or some companion and make it so that you have a 10 card opening hand um, yeah. <laughs> that I don't know. That's appealing. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely appealing to a subset of players. And I think that that as like a consequence of this existing is exactly why this is friends forever and not partner in reality or, or anything like that i think they mm-hmm. were just they wanted to have this because the french forever is cute right like this is it's like a part of the show it makes sense that you could have these these like little kids running around together but um they also didn't want to break the rest of commander with more partners and so yeah i think they, they wanted to be able to expand the colors if they wanted to and that that is just a a byproduct of <laughs> The mm-hmm. eleven being three colors and stuff, but I also, I guess this is, I guess we can do an overview at the end. But I, I, I do want to say that like, I don't actually think it would have hurt Magic for these to just be partners. Like I know French Forever is like flavorful and cute. I, I, th- I think really the reason these don't have partner isn't because of the they were worried about the partner combinations. I don't think any of these would have like broken Commander in any way. I think it's. It would have made it um like um kind of must buy for commander players because if you want to play with partners, these would be more partners that you could pair with all of your other partners. But the way it is now, it's like a flavorful, cool thing about Stranger Things, mm-hmm. uh, and not a must buy commander player staple box. Even if you don't like the fact that Eleven is <laughs> the only three color partner option that you'd have available. Yeah. So I, I do actually think that this was a good call on their point. Um, yeah. Uh, not have partners. I know. It's kind of interesting. Like they, um, they've talked before about how partners was like a uniquely uh, fitting solution to the problem of like drafting commanders and commander legends. Uh, and I'm wondering like maybe if they can't figure out another way to do it, then like, maybe the solution is just to keep making different pools of partners like but well well we'll see what's coming with uh the forgotten realms commander legends product coming out early next year but um Baldur's gate baby it yeah it's definitely like a a tool in their toolbox now the ability to just make new and like uh not interact i mean yeah <laughs> pools of partners that don't interact with each other and I do, and I want to say that I think this is like way better than partners with. Uh, oh like, yeah, I would much oh. rather see friends forever or a variant of this than like another cycle of partners with, mm-hmm. like commanders that just, <laughs> that it's so like convoluted and there's so much text that like doesn't matter outside of battle bond and it's like oh uh, come on like yeah eh, eh. absolutely mm-hmm. um so. All of that said, uh, what do you think about this product? Like, what do you think this means for commander players? Do you think this is fun? Do you think this is like a a cool execution on Stranger Things? Uh, I think it's, well, a lot of these feel like right for the cards. Um, And so I think that a lot of these designs are are fitting. Um, I think 
the the execution of like you can you really don't need to buy this product at all is great it's much much i much prefer this way of doing things than what we saw with the secret layer where where it's like oops uh rick is like a really crucial part of all these human tribal decks that are being yeah. released yeah <laughs> uh so that's nice like the fact that you're going to be able to get these cards i i honestly think you're going to be able to get all of them or, or like any one of them for less than five dollars just the way they're being distributed that's fantastic like make it easy to get these cards in the hand of players and i hope that stranger things fans enjoy them um let me think if there's anything i mean what do you think this means for commander design going forward you you mentioned the french forever being like a, a new tool like having partner that doesn't work with old partners like having its own unique pool is like i think a cool design feature mm-hmm. that they've kind of opened the door on do you think in five years we're gonna see a bunch of like friends forever or like like uh power rangers or you know <laughs> like some other pool of cutesy words that mean we can work together but not with all of the partners i think that there is untapped design with partners but it is like unwieldy to like add hundreds of new partner combinations to the format every time you print just a handful of them so i wouldn't mind seeing more especially since you can like kind of exclude the problems of like why am i playing this over timna or like yeah you know yeah i i I like that and uh i i do hope that this draws stranger things fans into the game Mm -hmm. i would like for it to be successful among that group of people yeah if i sit down against someone and they're playing an 11 and i don't know max deck and they are new to magic i would that would make me really happy you know like me and nick are planning on going to uh magic the gathering las vegas so if you're going to be there a little a little spoiler announcement come say hi we'll play some games um you won't have these cards by then (laughs) (laughs) but um if you are a new player you bring a friend who's new like that always makes us happy and if eventually in magic the gathering whatever city cfb brands it as we do sit down with someone who has like these stranger things decks that that will make me happy you know it'll make me happy to see that like okay this product got to the person who like it was intended for and they're excited to sit down for this game yeah and you know if and of course if you show up to cfe vegas or magic vegas and if and if you've got a a walking dead deck, we're not gonna we're not gonna shame you for it i'm running oh, rick no. because yeah. i mean the card exists and it's good we're we're just happy to see people enjoying cards and playing commander i i have one last thought if uh that that's kind of a funny one to go out on and it's just this is something that i saw like discourse on twitter about but i didn't think about it because i was thinking about these as magic cards and not like characters mm-hmm. but like like dustin is like a two three like Dustin could fight like a wolf <laughs> and like <laughs> and like win. <laughs> and like max is like three powers so she could just like beat the crap out of an elephant or something (laughs) like like the the flavor to power to like they made these very good magic cards and i'm very excited about that but i think the it's funny when you look at the like disconnect between the size like like jim hopper being a four four (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's that's crazy. I mean, yeah, he's a big guy. He's, he's a big guy. He's, yeah, you know. I agree. One other like flavor thing I was kind of wondering about is like how exactly they're going to execute um the like the reskins in Magic because like mm-hmm. are are those also going to be children? Because if not, uh, it's always weird when you see um like somebody with a like a humanoid with a race but without a class it always kind of implies that they're like a freeloader or something like yeah are these all going to be reskinned as just like homeless people like <laughs> like living on the streets of new Capena? yeah aesthetics just living their life wandering from place to place Mm-hmm. Uh no yeah I have no clue yeah I'm I'm actually really curious what they're gonna do with that if they're gonna be children if they're just gonna make flavorful cards like are they gonna go when they go magic flavor are they gonna go full bore and is it gonna be instead of like like Dustin Gadget Genius is it gonna be like some magicy sounding name uh like tinkerer of trinkets and then like <laughs> it's some like middle aged man with like a bunch of servos all around him or something like like what is what angle are they going to take with these magic ips i have no no clue no idea yeah it's going to be weird like how how they flavor this gadget genius like why you know if it's if it's like an adult who's really good at tinkering like why isn't this an artificer like it makes sense yeah. <laughs> that all these kids don't have jobs but uh yeah which is actually another flavor thing I liked about this set. Like I talked about Mind Flayer, like being kind of a, a whatever card, but like having really good flavor. Like I do love how pretty much like all of these kids are just humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for like Eleven and then Chief Jim Hopper who's had time to get a job. So yeah, it's I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, I think that's all we have to talk about today. Um, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Rick, Raphael, Laser, Charlotte, Hannah, Andy, Dylan, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Guidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Leo, John, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Ellie, Leon, Jason, and Kyle. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.